Hallelujah. Amen. How special. Well, I'm, I'm honored to be here on this special day for Pastor Marvin and Angela and their family and for Peyton and Holly, this beautiful little baby girl being dedicated today. And uh, I do feel like revival is coming to this house. You know, we all, we need revival in our lives. We need revival in our churches. We need revival in our nation. Isn't that right? How many of you could use a good revival in your life? I know I'm always ready and believing for a fresh wind. Uh, I I want to... um, I want to just release a word in, in this service. Uh, I preached a little something different at the first service, and uh, you can get the tape of that, I'm sure, if you, if you want. But I want to release a little something different in this service that, that the Lord started in my heart this week about next year. And uh, this, is, this is a prophetic word that God's given me that I'm going to be releasing at the end of this year, but I, I feel like it's... It's apropos, apropos for today, and uh, it, it's out of Mark chapter 4. If you'd look over there with me, Mark chapter 4, and we're going we're gonna to pick up in verse 30. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad to be in the house of God today? Amen, amen. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be in the house of God today, too. And it's good to be back here at the harbor in Hammond, Louisiana. Uh, I'm from Baton Rouge, and every now and then I drive down the interstate and come this way to Hammond. All right, Mark chapter 4, verse 30, and he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which even when sown on the ground is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them and they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. Now, I I like what it says here. It says he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us to hear what what the Holy Spirit would say to us today. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for this time to gather together for you. We, we, we thank you for your presence that we feel here. We thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. We thank you for the peace of God that we feel in here today. We thank you for the love of God that rests here in this house. And Lord, I just thank you that, that you would plant seeds today that would bring forth a mighty harvest in the years to come. And Lord, I just pray that that you would take the words that are spoken today and cause them to be planted in the even the fiber and soil of this work. 
And, Lord, that they would carry the prophetic words, as Paul told Timothy, fight with the prophetic words that were spoken, that they would carry, even in the battle, they would carry the ability to fight and to war. We thank you for that today. Encourage us by your word. Strengthen us by your word. Prepare us for what lies ahead by the prophetic word that we might lay a hold of what you have for us. We thank you for that. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So every year I like to pray about what the Lord is saying in the year coming up. And uh, as I've been praying about 2020, you know, 2020 is a special year. Uh, people have been talking about 2020 for 15 years. Uh, it's, it's probably... The second most talked about year I can remember next to 2000. Everybody, anybody remember Y2K? Yeah, remember the, the total meltdown of the whole world that happened in 2000 at midnight that never came that was talked about for two or three years when they discovered that the computer code was going to run out and all of the Y2K. I, we had people at, at our church that moved to Utah to the middle of nowhere because they said there was going to be rioting in the streets and looting and the whole world was going to melt down. And they moved to Utah and we never heard from them again. I don't know what happened out there in Utah, but nothing happened here. And uh, But 2020 is, is a big time year. And, you know, preachers always are looking for something to attach meaning to the next year. And uh, I remember it's going to be heaven in 2011 and, uh, you know, but a lot of times whenever somebody comes up with a slogan like that, I'm always like, uh Oh, cause usually it's hell, even though that doesn't rhyme. It's like everything, it doesn't happen the way that it rhymed with. And preachers are always looking for a good rhyme and, but, but 2020 was like every building campaign, every pastor was salivating over the 2020 vision. And, and, and you're going to get ready. There's going to be more cliche, goofy stuff from, from every company. Every church, is you're going to see church signs. They're going to have all kind of funny stuff, 2020. But, but I began to pray about this 2020 thing, and, and the Lord started just saying some things to me that have kind of been in my spirit but begin to be articulated by this. And he said to me, 2020 will be the year of the seed. It'll be the year of the seed. And I said, Lord, what are, you, what are you saying with that? He said, 2020 will be the year of the seed because people always overestimate what can happen in one year, and they always underestimate what can happen in 10 years. And he said, I want you to see 2020 as a gateway year. It's the opportunity to come to the end of one dimension and enter into a whole new place. When you go through a gate or you go through a door, you're in a new place. When you came up today from the outside and, and you walk through the door, you, you're no longer outside. You were in a building. You were in a different place. And in a different place, there's a different atmosphere. There's a different expectation. You know, today, after we get done here, we're going to go to lunch. And when we walk in lunch, there's going to be an expectation in my spirit of some food. Amen. Why? Because I'm in a new place. And the Lord said 2020 is a gateway year. That's why everybody's talking about it. Everybody can feel that. But the tendency is to overestimate what can happen in that one year. 
And, and if next year we, we don't just see incredible things before December 31st, 2020, we're going to be like, oh, we missed it. It wasn't a really a special year. It was just like every other year. And, and we just chalk it up and then we move on to something else in 2021 and we miss what God wants to do because 2020 is the year of the seed. Now, he says here, I'm going to read it again, having said that, because I want you to hear this. With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. A seed is small, but it leads to something big. Everything on this planet that is created comes through a seed. Every animal, every plant, it all comes through a seed. There is nothing that God does that doesn't come through a seed. Nothing. Everything God does comes through a seed. Whenever he gets ready to bless somebody, he says, your seed will be blessed. Why? Because everything to come is carried in that seed. The seed is, is the gateway to the harvest. You can't have a harvest without a seed. But, but now here's the thing, and, I, and I, I want you to follow me in this. You're living right now in the harvest of all the seeds you've been planting over your life. If you don't like your life right now, then you need to go back and not like the seeds you sowed to get the harvest you're living in. It's easy not to like where you are, but it's hard to take responsibility for what you sowed. Oh, come on. I'm preaching better than you're amening in here today. <laughs> it's easy to blame the harvest, but it's hard to accept responsibility for the seeds. You know, when we're negative, when we gossip, when we complain, when we talk about other people, when we leave places wrong, when we end relationships in the wrong way, when everywhere we go, we're sowing the wrong seeds, but then we enter into this harvest of all of that funk, and we're upset, and we even have the audacity to get mad at God at the harvest, and God's like, well, you planted all that seed. You could have planted good seed, and you'd have had a good harvest, and you'd love what you're living in. And so what, what, what I was feeling in my spirit is that 2020 is the year for you to intentionally begin to plant the right seed. It's the year where you say, you know what? I've got a fresh start, a fresh ability to start planting seeds that I want to live in when they come up in our harvest. Now, here's the thing. You, you have one field. That's your future, and you have one field that's your present, and your present has got corn. You know, we, we, we have corn fields. We have sugar cane fields here in Louisiana, and the corn is this high, and you're eating from that, that field, and you can't help it. That's the only field you have to eat from. You can't eat from somebody else's field. You can only eat from the field of your life. You know, I wish that... At times, I could go over to Pastor Marvin's field, and he's been planting good seeds, and he's got some good corn over there. I say, you know what? I'm going to eat from his harvest for a while, but I can't do that because he planted that seed, and he's reaping that harvest. I've got to reap from the harvest. So my present is a harvest that I'm eating from now, but 
if that harvest is not good, it's not pleasing, it's not what I want, I got to say, you know what? I'm not planting that same seed over here in my future. Because when this comes up, I don't want it to be this. Anybody follow that? I don't want my future field to look like my present field. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you today. There's some things in my field that I really like. There, there is some harvest I'm eating from right now that I really like. One, one of the things in my field right now, my marriage is wonderful right now. Bless God. It, it, I'm eating from the fruit of a great marriage right now. And, and I've sowed into that marriage, and, and I, I had to learn how to, how to realize that I'm wrong all the time, Pastor Marvin. And I had to learn how to yield, and I had to learn how to, oh, here's a hard one, serve. See, I don't like that, that serve one, but, but when you plant seeds of serving into your marriage, you get a harvest that you like. There's, there's something powerful, men, about taking out the trash without being asked to do it. Who I knew I wasn't going to get an amen on that. That's all right. I'm a prophet. I don't need amens. I can, I can speak with or without response. But then there's some other areas of my life where I'm not that happy with the harvest. I don't like what I'm having to eat. The only problem is I can't eat anything else. I still got to eat it. I still, I, I still and, and, and you know what? One of the things, one of the seeds that I have sowed that I'm eating from right now that I don't like is negative words I've spoken out of my mouth. Whether it's complaining or whether it's talking about somebody or being upset with somebody and not being willing to go to them and bring resolution or healing. There's a lot of seed that I sowed in the path that I'm eating from right now and I don't like it. I know I might be the only one here. Anybody in here, you eating a little something you don't like right now. Yeah. If I think if we're all honest, we all have things in our life we're eating from, and we don't have any other option but to eat from that harvest. But it's because at some point we were sowing seeds, and it didn't. We didn't feel any repercussion because when you say negative stuff, it can even feel good to say something ugly in the moment. But when it grows up and you got to eat from it for a season, it doesn't feel good. Isn't that right? So what can you do? If you want to change what you're eating, you've got to change what you're sowing. If you want to change what you're living in, you've got to change what you're sowing in. And you're going to get this. I'm going to hammer this till we get it today. Because this, this, is, this is a revelation. This is, this is something you've got to get in your spirit. And I don't care where you're at. You want, well, God, this is not some deep thing. Everybody can get this. I don't care if you're, you're, you're 10 years old or 80 years old. It works the same. Seed, time, and harvest. God said, as long as heaven and earth shall remain, there will remain seed, time, and harvest. Now, see, it would be easier for us to get this if there was no time involved. If I said something negative and I reap something negative at the same time, I go, oh, I shouldn't do that. But the problem is I say something negative and then nine months later I'm eating something negative and I don't connect the two things. 
or maybe maybe I exercise bad or poor stewardship in my finances and I go and I buy that bass boat and 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 when I buy it it does not doesn't hurt financially maybe I got a little bit of a, a little extra around and I go and buy it but a year later those payments are killing me oh oh I know I'm not gonna get any amens on that you know, and, and, and when I got that boat and the redfish were biting and I was in the marsh pulling them out of the water, I felt like it was the best thing I had ever done. But nine months later when the redfish are long gone and I ate everything out of my freezer and it's hotter than Hades outside and that boat's out there and I'm steady making payments on it, I don't like the harvest that I'm eating. So you know what? I, I can't. I can't make a change immediately. I just have to start sowing new seed, better seed. So 2020, I believe 2020 is the year where we decide I'm going to determine in my heart to be intentional about the seed I sow, even if it doesn't affect how I feel, what I have, and what I do for a long time. Where even if 2020 is a tough year, even if I don't see a big turnaround, you know, preachers are infamous for promising a quick turnaround. You're going to have your breakthrough. Give this in the offering and you're going to see a breakthrough in 24 hours. Well, I'm, I'm promising you the opposite. I'm saying do what God says to do, and it might take a year, it might take two years, it might take five years, but at some point the harvest of the good seed is going to overtake the harvest of the bad seed, and you're going to be living in a new reality. Boy, I'm, I'm getting ministered to myself today. I See, because... We, we're such a fast food generation. We want to order around the back. We want to pick it up on the side. And if it isn't ready, when we pull up to the window, we're mad and calling the hotline on the phone number on the window. And a hundred years ago, if you wanted a hamburger, you had to go out there and butcher a cow. Now all you have to do is pull up, and if the, the, in 60 seconds you're pulling off with a hamburger. And yet that's how we're, we, we, we want everything in our life to be that way. And, and so we've gotten away from seed, time, and harvest. We're not an agrarian society. We don't sow. We don't water. We don't reap. We don't even think about that. We just want. We order it on Amazon. And bless God, they better have it here when they guaranteed they were going to have it or I'm going to email or call him and give them a piece of my mind. You know, I, I've been living in Dallas the last six years and my house is right next to a big fulfillment center. And there was hardly anything I couldn't get by the end of the day. I could order it at 3 o'clock, it'd be at my house by 8 o'clock. And the last two months, my wife and I have been living in Baton Rouge hanging out with family, and it takes two whole days. <laughs> Have sympathy for me. <laughs> two whole days. I have to wait for anything I want. That is pure torture. It's like one step from a Siberian concentration camp. 
two-day delivery on Amazon. And, and, you know, I remember when Amazon started doing two-day delivery, we thought it was the greatest thing ever. And now I'm like, two-day delivery is like living in a third-world country. Because <laughs> I want it now, Daddy. Anybody seen Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory? But I want it now, Daddy. I want it now. And God says, look, Joel, I don't care about Amazon. I don't care what you've gotten yourself used to or think you're entitled to. I still operate with seed, the one I don't like, time, and harvest. Seed, what comes next? And then, but what does it start with? Seed. Now, here's the thing. There is nothing in your life that you want that God has not given you seed to get. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let me say that again. There's nothing in your life that you want that God hasn't given you seed to get. I remember when I was a youth pastor, I remember some of the girl leaders coming to me and telling me that a lot of the young ladies were having trouble getting married. And that this was a problem. And they were blaming the guys. And I said, well, yeah, there may be some problem with the guys. Let me ask some questions. When a guy asks you out, do you say yes? <laughs> I said, because some of you I know for a fact, you've been asked out on dates, multiple dates, and you've said no every time. So how are you supposed to get married and why are you whining to me? When you get asked on a date, you say no. See, You're sowing the wrong kind of seeds. And they say, well, he wasn't the one. I'm like, well, how do you know that? You don't know that. What if one of his friends you're going to meet while on that date, that is the one. But because you said no, you didn't meet anybody. Because no is not the seed to yes. You'll never say I do until you say I do. you got to say yes to chilies before you can say yes to honeymooning in chili. you you got to sow a yes in order to get to an I do. They were misunderstanding what the seed was for the harvest they desired. Oh, that's good right there. And many times, we've not taken the time to flip back and say, what's the seed for what I desire? What's the seed? What, what is it that I've got to do? You know, for, for a healthy marriage, a lot of people tell me, how do I have a healthy marriage? I say, well, this, the, it's the easy thing to me. Have a weekly date night. Take Thursday night. For us, it's Thursday night. Take Thursday night, get a babysitter, and go on a date night. And go to a restaurant with no cell phone. Uh-oh. That's part of the seed right there. Don't go somewhere and sit there at the restaurant both looking at Facebook. That's worthless. You might as well have stayed at home. Go there and look at each other and talk to each other about the things that are in your heart.
So we don't have anything to talk about. Well, you really need some dates. So you can learn how to talk to each other again. But you see, date night is a seed for a healthy marriage. And people say, well, I don't have time for it. Well, then you don't have time for a healthy marriage. Don't come up here talking to Pastor Marvin about how your marriage is so miserable when you can't take two hours and go out to dinner. Well, we can't afford to go out to dinner. Yeah, but you afforded that bass boat. Maybe you should put that bass boat on Facebook Marketplace and get some money back so you could take your wife to a steak dinner. Come on. Yeah, something. Do something. What's the seed? And, and, and what, what happens is when we start talking about seed instead of harvest, things get practical and, and we start realizing why we have the problem in the first place. When, when you go to the doctor and you get a bad diagnosis, that's a harvest. When you back up and say, I hadn't been taking care of my health, that's when it gets hard because you've been planting bad seed. And you can't plant the seed of fast food every day and want the harvest of a healthy body. Oh, man, I knew I wasn't going to get much love on that one. You can't do everything by convenience and want a harvest of intentionality. It's going to take sacrifice. You can't want to have financial freedom and not sow the seeds of good stewardship which usually means sacrifice. That, that's how the system works. So I want to challenge you. 2020 is the year of the seed. And here, here's the challenge for 2020. That you sow seed for 365 days. Now, I happen to be here early before the end of the year. So you got, you got 400 days. You can start early if you want, or you can wait till January. I don't know why you'd wait till January, but you can if you want to. Just don't sow any bad seed till then, because that's just going to delay the harvest. You'll keep getting bad for a while longer. But here's your here, here's the application. Here's your assignment, and th this is what I want you to do. I want you next year to sow seed for 365 days, and don't worry about the harvest one bit. For you know, we all, we want to go to the gym three times and then we want to look in the mirror and see that we're buff. Don't do that. Don't care one bit about what you get from what the seed you've sown. That's why people don't give because they give and then nothing supernatural happens in 24 hours. And so I say, that doesn't work. No, you, that's not why you give. You get, you give to give, not to get. You give to give. You give because you want to give. And if God, God's going to bless you, he's going to bring a harvest. But you can't run around trying to attach this happening to that or I'm not going to do it. And we do that with seed. Every time we sow a seed, we, we, we literally go out there and dig it up to see if it started to work. And we ruin it. We do something good for somebody. We wait for about 24 hours. Nothing happens. So we go tell everybody we did it. And Jesus said, well, that, that's your harvest. 
So your assignment, here, here's your assignment. In 2020, it's a gateway year. You're going to flip the script. You're going to position yourself to live off of a different harvest. You're going to plant different seed so that you can live in a different harvest, but you're going to act like it won't begin till 2021. Just act like, you know what? I'm not even, even going to see anything till 2021. I don't even care. I'm just going to plant seeds. I'm going to practice good stewardship. I'm going to practice good health. I'm going to practice good, good things in my marriage. I'm going to sow good words into my spouse. I'm going to practice good friendship. I'm going to make time for people. I'm going to practice good, good work habits on the job. I'm going to get there early. I'm going to do more than I'm asked. And you know what? I'm not going to, after three months, go, you know what? Getting there early hadn't done one thing for me. They hadn't promoted me or given me a raise. I'm not doing that anymore. No. You just dug up the seed and you wasted three months. You might as well have just kept showing up late and having a bad attitude like you are right now. <laughs> no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play the long game. You gotta play the harvest game. Let me finish. I'm gonna finish with this little example from this week because God's been dealing with me about this. Last year in December. My brother, Pastor Jonathan Stockstill, preached a message on expectation. On expectation. And it, it, it rocked me. I listened to it. I felt so convicted. I realized that I had become hopeless and was despairing in areas of my life. And I literally was expecting bad things. Not, not I just, it wasn't just that I was not expecting good things. I literally every day thought, oh, God, what's going to happen today? This message convicted me to my core. I listened to it three, four times. So I'm, I decided every day in my prayer journal, I'm going to write two or three lines of things I expect that are good. Every day. What was I doing? I'm saying, I'm living in a harvest right now where every day trouble comes my way. And I, I don't like what I'm living in, but there's nothing I can do about that now because that's from all the things I've sown, the expectations, the words. So I'm going to start sowing expectation of the positive every day. So I started it last December. It's been almost a year now. It's been over 11 months in my prayer journal. I went back the other day and was looking, and every day I would write, I, whether it was as simple as, I expect today to be a great day. Or it was, I expect this year to be my best year ever. Some version of that, every day I wrote it and I believed it. I, I, I'm believing that this is going to happen in my life, in my marriage, in my ministry. I, just every day, I've been, do, been doing it for a year. And you know what, Pastor Marvin? I haven't seen or felt anything. Nothing. A whole year, 11 months, nothing. This week, Wednesday, I start thinking about the day that I had Thursday coming up. I felt so much excitement. I felt like Thursday was going to be Christmas. I had this childlike, overwhelming joy about Thursday to the point where I was almost giddy. And my wife asked me, what you got going on tomorrow? And I was like, oh, tomorrow is going to be the best day ever. And she's kind of looking at me like, Joel, I think you might have a fever. 
And, and, and I said, you know what? You know what this is? Uh, the next day I was praying about it because I was just so excited. I woke up excited, and, and, and I had just a phenomenal day Thursday. And here's the thing. It wasn't just Thursday. I had a phenomenal day Friday. My good friend Jeff Jenkins texted me. We decided to have lunch. It was spontaneous. We had a great time. We hung out. All these things happened. Right? And then it, it continued yesterday. And yesterday was unbelievable. I had more fun and good things happen yesterday than what happened in a month of Sundays last year. And one day. And you know what? Today is off to an amazing day. And, and, but I began to pray Thursday. I'm like, Lord, what is going on? And he spoke to me, and he said, you're starting to eat of the fruit of the new seed. See, the old seed of bad expectation did me so wrong. But the new seed is starting to come up, and I'm starting to eat from that, and I'm telling you, that's a whole different harvest. One harvest was rotten. I didn't want to eat it. It didn't bake well. It didn't cake well. It didn't taste well. Nothing about it was good. Every day I looked at that harvest and I said, I don't want to eat this, but I got to. And now I've got a completely different harvest coming up. And every day I wake up and go, oh, I get to eat from this harvest. Oh, I get to. Now, does that mean that I'm not going to have days that are tough? Again, no, it just means that something has changed inside of me. And you know what? It had nothing to do with God. It had nothing to do with my pastor. It had nothing to do with my church. It had nothing to do with my wife. It had nothing to do with my health. It had nothing to do with anything but the seed that I began to sow. So here's the question. What seeds are you going to begin to sow? How are you going to change the way you go about the things that you do, the people that you talk to? Some of you have sown seeds of friendship with the wrong people for a long time, and you don't understand why you're so miserable, and it's the people that are around you. You need to get some new friends. That's the new seed you need to sow. You say, well, I don't really know them, and they don't really know me. Yeah, it's going to take time before there is a harvest. But don't give up. What, what did Paul say? He said, don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be, and that's my word to you, is, hey, don't get weary in the seed sowing because in the right time, a harvest is going to begin to come that you're going to love. So any area, of your life, any area of your life that you like what you're getting right now, keep doing it, keep sowing it, and it'll keep coming. Any area you don't like, start sowing something different. And any area where you're getting nothing, start sowing something. Amen? Praise God. Why don't you bow your heads with me? You guys have been awesome today. Thank you for being so attentive, fun to preach to, open to the word. I feel like... This is a word that if it'll get down in your spirit, it can change your life. It can bring about drastically different results. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you. You've given us the power of life and death in our tongue. You've given us the ability to plant seed, wait for a season, and reap a harvest. 
And, Lord, you put it in our hands. If we sow bad seed, we get a bad harvest. If we sow no seed, we get no harvest. It doesn't matter how long we wait. We can be as patient as we want. If there's no seed been sown, there's going to be no harvest. But, Lord, we're living today in the reality of the seeds that we've sown yesterday. You know, the ultimate seed was Jesus Christ. He said, unless the seed fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it fall into the ground and die, it'll produce a plentiful harvest of new lives. Jesus was the ultimate seed. You and I are the harvest. When we receive the seed of Christ in our life, it produces a harvest of righteousness and the kingdom of God in the earth. You may be here today, and you know what? The seeds of wickedness and sin are the only thing that's coming up in your life. You know, when we were born, we were born with the seeds of sin and wickedness. You do not have to teach a small child how to lie. You don't have to teach him how to fight. You don't have to teach him how to be disrespectful. You don't have to teach him how to wail and cry and complain and be bad. It's there from birth. And we just grow up with that harvest coming, coming, coming. And today, say, I don't like the harvest of my life. I don't like the, the Bible says the wages of sin or the harvest of sin is death. Whoa. And then if you just go with it, at the end of your life, you die and you go to hell because you're eating of the fruit of the seed of death. But when you say yes to the seed of righteousness, to Jesus Christ, the harvest begins to change. The harvest begins to change. Things begin to shift. Things begin to turn around. And the wages of righteousness is eternal life. Anytime I minister the word, and I'll come back to the word in a minute and minister around that. But before we do that, I don't want to move on. I don't care if you came here today and you're desperate or you came here today and you thought you were all right with God, but the Holy Spirit's dealing with you. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's happening in your life. But if there's something inside of you that hungers for the righteousness of God to be planted inside of you, the incorruptible seed of God's word to bring forth fruit in your life, and you say, Joe, I need Jesus in my life. I need to surrender my life to him because I want the harvest of righteousness in my life. I want you right there where you are just to lift up your hand and say, that's me. Pray for me. I'm here today. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There are multiple people who are saying today, that's me. Thank you. I need a seed of righteousness to be planted in me because I want a harvest that's different from what I've gotten. Maybe you're a prodigal and you've fallen away and today you said, I must arise and go back to my father's house. And you came in here today and you felt the presence of God and you realized the goodness that you're missing out on. You realize all the wonderful things in the family of God that you've missed out on for maybe an offense or a temptation or a wrong relationship and you need to come back today and allow the father to fall on you and kiss you and put a ring on your finger and, and, and sandals on your feet and a robe around your shoulder. If that's you and you say, I'm a prodigal, I need to come back. Let me see your hand. I want to see your hand. I want to pray for you. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you. You said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I thank you. You're drawing men and women and young people to you, to yourself today. 
Not because of me, not because of the persuasive words of man, but because of the very spirit of the living God quickening inside of them what you desire to do, your love for them. Now, I'm going to ask everybody very reverently just to stand to your feet with me. Just stand up all over.